0: Well, Jamie Dixon is no more at Pitt. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new, a brand new episode of Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast. I'm your host, Corey Cohen, uh, with my partner Jim Hammett today, and we are here. The news just broke about two, three minutes ago, and uh, so we're going live. We'll, uh, we'll post this up in just a few minutes on Cardiac Hill, but Jamie Dixon is gone. Sources are reporting that he has been hired by TCU to be their head basketball coach and that he's leaving Pitt for that job. It's entirely his decision, uh, and uh, and so we decided, you know what, this is going to be a special edition of Unscripted. We're just going to go live. We're going to talk about what's going on, and uh, we're, we're not doing the what we normally do, the Three Rivers Pack of Questions. We're not doing uh, Panther of the Week. We're just going to talk about it. We're gonna give our instant reactions, Jim. This news just broke a couple minutes ago, and it's tough to really gauge your own feelings. But the best you can do. How do you feel about Jamie Dixon leaving Pitt?
1: Uh, right now, rapid reaction. I'm not happy. I'm not sad, but I'm unsure. I, uh, you know, what you had with Jamie Dixon, and he's always been that way. Um, you know, he, he's been consistent. Uh, he, he's always been there. He, They've always had winning teams. They've always uh, competed at the highest level. They've never been in any kind of scandal or trouble. I mean, it's a clean, consistent program that's always in the tournament. And, you know, and now it's surfacing. I just, I just witnessed a tweet from Jeff Goodman, and he said uh, the Pitt administration was fine with Jamie Dixon leaving. They didn't really try to discourage him from leaving, which I understood. Um, he he didn't have any leverage this time. It was all about whether he wanted to be here or not. And because uh, Pitt wasn't going to give him an extra year on his contract, they weren't going to bump him up and pay. I mean, he, he makes a lot of money. He had a long contract. And in the past, that's what they used to do. They used to, you know, to keep him, they would add more. There's nothing more they could have added. Uh, so this whole decision by Jamie was about him wanting to leave. Absolutely. And I think for many people are saying, look, if, if this was
0: going to, end, you know, the the Pitt-Dixon relationship was going to end, it's better this way than Pitt having to fire him a couple years from now, from there having to be a buyout, because let's face it, the way things were going for Pitt basketball, it didn't look, I mean, they're trending downwards, there's no question about that, now that doesn't mean that they can't trend back upwards I mean I was hopeful for next year but at the same time and I would have always liked this to to happen one year later you know go next year see what you can do with artists and young and all those guys and and give it your best shot unfortunately that's not gonna happen uh, but if it didn't get done next year uh, then you have to seriously and I would be be among those saying maybe talk about firing him and and Going with the payout and all that. Uh, certainly, I wasn't in the camp this year to to fire him. Some were, but I certainly think that that we were about one year away if it was a disappointing season of the quote unquote rational fans. We always talk about some of the fringe fans, the people who wanted Dixon fired for the past four or five years, something like that. Uh, and uh, but but they're they're the fans who sort of take a step back and really analyze it, and and people in the media and. Uh, realizing you know what at this point we still weren't there where Dixon should have been fired or we should have even really been talking about it but we were a good year away if next year they underwhelmed people would have to really talk about is it time to fire him and so if if it's gonna happen I guess it might as well be be now where you don't have to talk about firing him you don't have to talk about uh, buying out his contract and and really from all accounts as you said with the Jeff Goodman tweet That it was just kind of mutual. Dixon sort of wanted, he he thought about, maybe I want to move on. And then the Pitt administration said, well, we're not really going to stop you. As you said, his contract was through like 2021. He had all the money he could want. Pitt wasn't going to, you know, get down on their knees and beg him to stay it was really just going to be up to him. And I guess that's the best thing you could ask for in, tar- you know, in terms of all the
1: parties involved. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, right now, uh, it kind of feels messy a little bit. Uh, some things were leaked out that Dixon said, Oh, I don't feel appreciated in Pittsburgh, which, you know, maybe, but you know, a coach could always, obviously also have thicker skin. Um, there's obviously, you know, c- coaches don't pay attention to Twitter, but, uh, Chris peak mentioned on his, uh, on his podcast, that sometimes like Dixon's very defensive in his uh in his press conferences. He usually he has a good understanding where the fan base is, so he reads this kind of stuff, and it obviously weighs on him. Uh, you know, I I've always said Pitt's a pretty good job, but it's not the job that some of the fans think it is. I mean, prior to Dixon getting here, prior to the Howland era, actually, uh, it was really just a dead of the you know, just a dead end job kind of deal. I, they had a couple of nice runs in the early nineties, late eighties, but other than that, it, it really hasn't produced much. Uh, you know, obviously the facilities got upgraded. Uh, they changed conferences. I mean, there's a lot going for the program, but at the end of the day, everyone has a great facility. Everyone's in a big conference. It's all about what you can do. And, uh, you, you know, taking Jamie Dixon out of the big East, um, it, it's like a fish out of water. I, you know, I don't even know like some of the old time big East coaches, uh, like a Jim Calhoun or some of those guys. Like, I don't, I don't know how they would have adapted also. I mean, it, you know, it, it, they're used to what they're used to getting their own way. They're used to having their comfort zone and you took it away from Jamie Dixon. And while his teams haven't dropped off to terribleness, they still, in the three years of the ACC, they're barely above 500 in the league play. Look, th- this is a program. And-, and I
0: mentioned it before. They're not trending upwards. And I completely agree with you that Pitt is not the program that it that some fans think that it is. Uh, I think part of the reason they think that is because of the expectation that Jamie Dixon set for himself. That said, if you talk about the program removed for maybe the past couple years, there are some programs that are better than how they've been the past few years, some that are worse. Pitt, well, Pitt is actually probably about even for the past couple years. They're not quite as good of a program as they were up until, what, 2010, uh, from, from 03 to 010 or whatever it was. They're not that good. Um, and then there are programs that are better than what they've been. UCLA hasn't been all that good the past few years, but it's an amazing program. So I think some people sometimes forget maybe your current run and how great of a program you are, uh, and, and they overestimate how good of a program Pitt is. And and so it's going to be, and we'll talk about it in, in a few minutes, some of the coaching candidates that we could just, spitball and throw out there for Pitt. But in terms of Dixon, I have to say, you know, it's still a little numb to me, but, but I am sad. I mean, first of all, just as, as an ambassador for the university, I mean, he was a great guy. I mean, there, there were these stories that, you know, when he, when he would be pulled over, he'd pull over on the side of a road and help a fan, uh, with their tires, you know, fix their tire or help them out with their car trouble. Uh, and I know JD from Cardiac Hill just tweeted that, uh, the, at the Oakland Zoo charity three-on-three game. He slipped them a check, doubling the donation, and refused to let them mention it. I mean, this was a really good guy. And so, I mean, we could talk about all on-the-court stuff all day, but off-the-court, as you mentioned, it was a clean program. He was a really good guy. Obviously, that's not going to be the end-all, be-all for a coach. But I think when you talk about the totality of things, you're going to have to mention that, that overall, Dixon, off-the-court, was a great ambassador, and you, you have to
1: respect what he did you can't just uh you know kick him out the door and say good riddance absolutely jamie dixon was a great ambassador for this university and he's a very smart guy uh you know this the whole tcu thing it kind of comes full circle because he was the one that kind of talked to big east into the saying like hey let these guys in it's gonna bring a lot it's it might save the conference ultimately it never did because of a couple years ago when everything went crazy with conference realignment, but Jamie Dixon fought outside the box. He was thinking of the greater good of the league, the greater good of Pitt, and he kind of, you know, he's a smarter person. I could see him being in an administrative role down the line in his career. He kind of has that line of thinking, but like you said, he's a great guy, uh, did a lot of charity. I mean, he he would give you the shirt off his back. He's that kind of person. Um... You know, you know the pit, uh, the Oakland's lose sleepovers every every big home game. He was there, bringing pizza, donuts, all kinds of different things. He was, you know, he was very involved. Um, he might not have been what you always wanted him to be uh, on the court, but he never, ever, ever disrespected the program. He never embarrassed the program, and uh, he gave he took the program to new heights that it never really was there before. Exactly. And In an age of, you know, Rick Pitino, frankly,
0: what he's been doing at Louisville, what's been happening there on recruiting trips. I mean, first of all, you, you can't uh, underscore enough, you know, what, uh, you know, how big of a deal it is to actually run a clean basketball program and win. Now, talking about winning, it's true. He, he didn't win enough the past few years. And that's why Pitt wasn't begging him to come back. I mean, that's the difference between and I know Paul Zeiss was writing about it. And, and many people, you know, the big difference is that in previous years, when it would leak that Dixon was going to go to USC or UCLA or something like that, uh, you know, Pitt really wanted him to stay. They thought they had the, the best thing. Steve Peterson had a great relationship with him, and they'd throw money at him, and they'd really make him feel like, uh, you know, that, that he needed to be at Pitt, and and then he would stay. It, it seems like this time it was a situation where Dixon maybe thought about it, and went to, you know, Scott Barnes and they, they didn't beg him to stay. They, they said, you know what we'd like. And from all accounts, they didn't ask him to leave or didn't even want him to leave. They said, look, we'd like you to stay, but we're not going to beg you. You know, it's going to be your call. And in my opinion, even though I am, you know, a, a bit bummed to see Dixon leave, I think that's probably the right move. I think it's the right move that they didn't beg him to stay. You know, because that's—and you and I have been tweeting for, the, you know, what is it, 18 hours since this became a possibility, and all of a sudden it's a done deal. But you and I have been talking about, you know, look, we're sort of indifferent. There are some people who wanted Dixon to stay and think he's an incredible coach and that Pitt won't be able to do any better uh, and that that the fans just ran out a coach who was— uh, you know, a, a godsend. And then there are other fans that say, you know what, Dixon had completely jumped the shark. It was becoming a disaster. Get rid of him. And then there are a lot of fans like you and like me who say, look, I, you know, would I have liked to see him stay? Yeah. But at the same time, this is the first time all these years when there are offseason coaching rumors with Dixon, this is the first time that I am not really devastated uh uh, on the thought that he'd be leaving i'm not terrified of a future without jamie dixon like i pretty much was every
1: other year yeah i think that's a fair assessment um yeah like i'm not happy to see him leave i don't i didn't want him to leave but at the same time i i am okay with the university not begging down the door to keep him um you know he he CJ walking up on his
0: lawn and and having jamie uh get off my lawn
1: Yeah, a little Todd Graham action. But no, it it just, it it might have just been time for all parties involved. And while it's going to get a little messy, like you mentioned earlier, it's not going to be to the point where they have to fire him. I don't think they want to burn the entire relationship because Jamie's done so many great things for this university and won so many games. And, you know, my whole thing, you know, I, I mentioned a little bit ago on Twitter in 20 years from now, if they come back and celebrate the Big East championship team or the Elite Eight team, and they invite him back. I think you know the way he left now, where he kind of left on his own. He's still he's going to be celebrated. He's going to get a standing ovation. He's still going to be liked here. People are going to forget about these last couple seasons, and, re- and they're going to remember the good times. That's with any coach. Twenty years, you don't remember the teams that stunk. You remember the teams that were great, and he's given Pitt a lot of great teams. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's an unsure feeling. It's uh, it's different. It's certainly different. Um, you know, he him, and Howland are really the only two pit coaches I've ever known, uh, is, you know, at the age of 25, going to games when I was like 10 or 11. So these are the only guys I've ever grown up with. So it, it, it's an unsure feeling because, uh, you know, with all the sports teams that I follow, pit basketball has always kind of been the consistent one, it's kind of always been there. You kind of always knew what you had. Uh, You know they're ranked all the time. I'm looking at I I put together some stats of Jamie Dixon's career. Uh, In his tenure, he's been ranked 156 weeks. That's 62 percent of the time. That's the 11th most in the country. I mean Pitt is a perennial top 25 team. Uh, They've been to the the tournament 11 of 13 times. Uh, Or yeah, I mean only a few teams have done more than that. I mean it's Pitt has just been consistent. They might not have been what you wanted them to be in March, but they've always been there and they've always been a team that you could rely on to win 20 games, to win 10 games in the conference, to be ranked, to be on national TV, uh, to have great players, to have fun teams to watch. So, uh, you know, you're kind of at that crossroads now that can, can you keep it going?
0: And in, in many ways, there, there are two parallels that, that I think of when talking about this situation with pit football. The first one is Dave Wonstadt. Now, this is a situation, and same thing with Ben Howland, by the way. Because I'm 22, and I only became a fan when I first started going to Pitt, or shortly before. Uh, you know, you know what I decided I was going to go to Pitt, which was 2011. Uh, it was it was the year that Pitt lost to, to Butler in the tournament. So I've literally only known Dixon. I didn't even know of Howland. So for me, th- this is all I know, and uh, and I wasn't even here for Dave Wanstat. My first year was Todd Graham at Pitt, but. Uh, when when you talk about the basketball program and the parallels to the football program, again, the first thing that I think of is Dave Wonstadt. That was going to be a team that won eight games. Maybe, you know, every now and again, they'll win seven. Every now and again, they might win nine. But you're pretty much going to be about an eight-win team, average it out. And that was something that Pitt decided. And there were some... Off the field, uh, things that went into it as well, the fact that there were disciplinary issues with the football team, and and certainly that's not a problem at Pitt, but just on the field with football, Dave Wonstadt was about an eight-win-a-year coach, and people decided, you know what, that's not enough, Uh, and then we look back on it, and... That people still second-guess it. Some say, well, clearly it was a bad move because pit football has been mediocre up until this year ever since then. Uh, but on the other hand, you could say, well, that's just because you were making the wrong coaching moves. If you fired Wanstat and brought in the right guy, all of a sudden it's a really good move. And so so before I, I go on to the the other metaphor that I'm thinking, uh, with the, the Wanstat comparison – That was, okay, you know what, an average of eight wins a year is not enough. So in this particular case with Jamie Dixon is this week non-conference schedule that gets you 20 games, uh, 20 wins a year, 9 or 10 conference wins a year. You'll make the tournament most years, but you'll lose in the first one or two rounds. Is that enough? Have we, I mean, obviously it looks like we've decided as a fan base and just Pitt decided that's not quite enough. Are we right to believe that that's not enough for Pitt basketball.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a that's a tough thing to ask um, of of a program because you can't advance in March unless you make March, and he knows how to get you there. Um, so you, you know you gotta you gotta take some of the good with some of the bad. Uh, Pitt's the type of program where they're not going to be a perennial top five team, not a top ten team. So Dixon kind of. You know he he he's going in cycles. I don't know if this is a downward spiral, just a cycle. Maybe Pitt will be good in the next couple of years if we continued on with the Dixon path. Obviously, we're never going to see what that happens if he was able to resurrect where uh, where things went. Um, but y- you know, you you draw the parallels to the football program and those six, those four or five straight seasons of six and six, and even the seasons before Wanstead had success, they were bad. You know, we accepted. Worse out of the football program, and we're less quiet about it than Pitt making the tournament in basketball. We accepted six and six, we were okay with it. We convinced ourselves that Paul Christ, if the Wisconsin job never opened up, Paul Chris would still be the Pitt coach, and we would, you know, be trudging along, maybe getting to eight and four. Uh, but obviously, Narduzzi brought more excitement, but we allowed the football program to be like, okay, whatever, six and six. You know, then you look at basketball. Uh, making the tournament, winning the 20 games, is that comparable to 6-6? Six and six? Uh, Were we asking the same thing of both programs? I'm not so sure. Maybe. Um, but it, it just certainly seemed that the vocal portion of the fan base got louder uh, when the football season showed a sign of life this year.
0: Yeah, I absolutely see what you mean. Uh, th- now, the the other thing that I was thinking of in, in regards to a Pitt football comparison, and I mentioned this to you right before we started the podcast, is Paul Crist. And the fact that with the Paul Crist situation, as you just mentioned, it was one of those where when he left, I didn't feel strongly either way about it. I mean, we didn't know that, that Pitt was going to hire Narduzzi. Had we known that, we would have been really happy. Uh, but we didn't know that. And so at, excuse me, at the time... Uh, that that Paul Chris left, you weren't too happy because you thought this is going to be a guy who could be a, a good, successful coach for Pitt. But at the same time, you're not incredibly bummed, uh, as we would have been with Dixon a couple years ago, because you also sort of realize, hey, look, the program, it looks like it's stagnated. We might not be getting anywhere. We might want to try something new. And, and so to me, it, it reminds me a lot of the uh of how I felt when Paul Chris left for Wisconsin and the similarity with the two is that for in both situations it all depends I think on the hire and again we'll talk about it in just a few minutes but if Paul Chris left for Wisconsin I felt pretty numb you know neutral about it if they'd made a poor hire then it would have looked really bad but they made a very good hire and all of a sudden it looks like it's great so I don't know. In my mind, it also reminds me a lot of the Paul Chris situation. Just how I feel, instant reaction. I'm still sort of on the fence.
1: Yeah, I can see that. It's just uh, that Dixon is more accomplished. He did more things. Um, You know, he won more games, took him to bigger heights. So, uh, you know, for the past five years, yeah, I guess it is comparable to the the Paul Chris six and six. So, like I said, I'm not like angry mad like this is the worst decision ever but I'm not happy about it I'm not happy to see the school's best uh, basketball coach ever to walk and to go to a school like TCU uh, a very lesser program than Pitt Um, so it it just you know like I said initially it's an uneasy feeling it's a weird feeling and it's going to be strange going to the Pete next year um, to see someone else on that sideline Uh, I wonder if the new guy will play uh, two feet on the court like Dixon did
0: Yeah, I think someone said you're gonna have to maybe circle like a chalk outline where his feet were on the floor uh, outside of the coach's box. Yeah, I mean it's it is gonna be interesting. I mean, as as a student being there at games in the zoo, holding up the banner when he hit his 300th win and fans honoring him. I mean that was a cool moment, and it's gonna be sad that he's not there. Uh, And one more comparison before we talk about some um, some coaching uh, candidates potentially is. The Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I'm from the Philadelphia area. That's where I am now. And this just reminds me so much of when Andy Reid left Philly. Now, in that case, they fired him, but it was just sort of this understanding that it was time for everyone to move on. It was the same sort of, in this case, Dixon left. In that case, the Eagles fired Reid. But it was just a situation where both parties decided, okay, it's time to cut ties. Because here, even though Dixon left, Pitt, from all accounts, wasn't begging him to stay. They understood that it was time. Same thing with Andy Reid. Even though he got fired, he sort of understood it was time. In a situation like that, Andy Reid, he's still a good coach, and we can see this in Kansas City with what he's doing with the Chiefs. But it it was just time. He wasn't going to do anything else in Philly, so it seemed. Maybe he could have turned it around, but it just seemed like after all this success without winning a Super Bowl – uh, that things had just stagnated and he wasn't going to get it back. In this particular case, it's Dixon. Kent, you know, hasn't made it past the Elite Eight last few years. It's been, uh, you know, somewhat mediocre, and that he wasn't going to get it back. That doesn't mean that he can't still coach. That doesn't mean that he's not going to go to TCU and be a very good coach. Because I think that's very possible. I think it's very possible that within a couple years he leads them to the tournament, and all of a sudden that's a good program because of Dixon. But does that, just because, let's say, Dixon goes and does a, a very good job at TCU, does that automatically mean that Pitt was wrong to let him go? Or is it one of those things that, you know what, he wouldn't be all that good if he stayed here, and Pitt, you know, that, that it was just absolutely better for both parties for them to cut ties because it wouldn't have helped Dixon if he stayed. He needs a change of scenery, and Pitt needs a new, fresh face. What do you think?
1: Yeah, the thing with Jamie Dixon and uh... – you know, he is a good coach. I think he can make TCU a successful program. And, I, yeah, I see the comparisons with Andy Reid. And I'm sure there's many other coaches that fallen to the line where, yeah, they're good. Uh, they had success at the one place, but it kind of just leveled out. And maybe that is the case with Jamie Dixon. The thing with coaching and recruiting and so many things in sports is you need about a year or two, maybe even more, to really know the true answer to that question. Um, like, you know... You and I both thought next year's basketball team, under Jamie Dixon, could have been somewhat respectable, better than this year. They had six of their top seven guys returning. They had an exciting point guard, Justin Kithcart coming in, which now you have to wonder about his status. If Is he still going to be a Panther? Um, so, yeah, you know, maybe he gets it turned around. Maybe he doesn't. We, we, there's no way of knowing, but... Um, it wouldn't shock me at all for him to have success at TCU and Pitt having a guy that also has success. And it just kind of works out for all, all parties involved. Um, but again, with coaching things, you just don't know. Yeah,
0: exactly. And you know what? I think, uh, well, well, first of all, I'm going to say, you know what, with, with Dixon, I do. I think we both agree, you know, it's not great that he's gone. We both feel uh, pretty sad about it, but it's not, you know, it's not devastating. I think, uh, we're, we're partly optimistic in the future, uh, depending on who Pitt can get. We like the people making the hiring decisions, Scott Barnes and Pat Gallagher. And, uh, it, it looks like, um, and, and we'll talk about it in just a second, but I mean, a lot of it, and by the way, I'm scrolling through, it looks like there's going to be a press conference at about 5:30 uh, from Scott Barnes. Uh, and, and it looks like that'll, it'll be on this, but anyway, uh, with all these comparisons with the, the Paul Chris comparison with the, uh, the, the, the Chip Kelly comparison and the Wonstat comparison, I think it almost all depends on who you hire next because you let go of Wonstat and they hire Haywood and then Todd Graham, and it was a disaster and the, the whole program just became a mess. If they hired a great coach right off the bat, then all of a sudden, or, or a very good coach, all of a sudden, then letting go of Wanstat seems fine, as opposed to now, it just, you know, a lot of fans consider it a, a bad decision. Uh, if you let go of Paul Chris, now, uh, you know, he walked to Wisconsin, no one was really sad about it, because Pitt got Pat Narduzzi, but if Pitt hired, uh, you know, some other coach who just wasn't very good, uh, and had a, a Bad year this past year, then I think a lot of us would be upset and and would view Paul Christ as, you know what, we really should have tried harder to get him to stay. And the same thing with the Eagles with Chip Kelly. If, if when Andy Reid, when they got rid of Andy Reid, if they had hired a great coach and he's, you know, did a great, you know, really good job the past few years people in Philadelphia would probably be pretty happy uh, with Andy Reid gone. Now, because they hired Chip Kelly and the whole thing was kind of a circus, now everyone's saying, you know, maybe it wasn't a great idea to let go of Andy Reid. And so I think 90% of this isn't about what, what Dixon's going to go do at TCU. Isn't about It's about the the kind of coach that Pitt hires, uh, and I think that's just going to be what makes this situation either a, a good one for Pitt or an awful one.
1: Yeah, it's all about the successor in this situation. Um you know, it could go one of two ways. I mean, you could hire a home run hire. Um, Pitt has the resources. Pitt has a little bit of a name brand, not much, uh, not 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 a whole lot, but enough that it's in the ACC. It has a good building. It's in a urban location. So, I mean, there's attractive qualities to the Pitt program if you're a basketball coach. But, you know, looking at it through a historical perspective, Pitt basketball was never good until Howland got here. They had their runs, like I mentioned. So, there's no like history like the football program has a Heisman trophy winner. They have national champions. They have NFL superstars right now. There's nobody in the NBA, uh, you know, maybe a 12th man, Dewan Blair, or Aaron Gray. You know, there's there's no you know, there there's it's not there for the basketball program. It wasn't built on that kind of thing. So, it it doesn't have the history, it doesn't have the cachet that the football program does that, you know, a high ranking uh defensive coordinator can come the pit and it's an attractive job and can do well with it. Um In basketball, you really kind of want to hire a head coach. I don't think you want to go like, oh, let's just hire like Kansas's top assistant. It, it doesn't work that way in basketball. It's a different sport. You need someone with head coaching experience, uh, especially if you're hiring at the pit level. Maybe Robert Morris can hire an assistant coach. But if you're pit, you got to hire a head coach. You got to hire a guy. That is maybe a head coach at a mid major, but was an assistant at a major that has recruiting uh, background. So it, it's a critical hire for Scott Barnes. It really is because he he wasn't involved in the Pat Narduzzi hire, uh, if you remember. The interim staff and uh, the chancellor took care of that. So this is a critical point in Scott Barnes's pick career, and it's early in his pick career. Exactly. I mean he he doesn't. He's, I mean, he's not even completely
0: settled in yet here at Pitt. It, it hasn't been a year, and all of a sudden, he's got to make a gigantic hire, one that most athletic directors wouldn't even want to make because uh, it's such a, a big deal, and there's no obvious move. I mean, it's not like, say, Wisconsin, when Bo Ryan let, retired earlier this year. First of all, it was midseason, so it had to go to the assistant coach, uh, Greg Gard, and he's done a very good job. And all of a sudden now it seems like a great move because of how well Wisconsin has been doing. Uh, but, you know, say, you know, it was the off season, You hadn't seen him all of a sudden that that's a more difficult decision. But Barry Alvarez at Wisconsin, he, it, that was easy for him for a cup uh, for uh UConn. When Jim Calhoun left Kevin Ollie, he had raised easy decision. This isn't easy for Pitt. There's not a guy waiting in the wings an assistant who Dixon has been training to take his job someday. The closest you could even consider is Brandon Knight, but I don't think any, exactly, yeah, you, you just, you can't do it. So, uh, this is not an easy decision. You're going to have to go outside of the program, and you're going to have to get someone who you know can coach. Now, let's just start uh, spitballing some names. Uh, I know you you wrote a very good article on Cardiac Hill highlighting uh, a handful of coaches, that Pitt could look at. Um, First, let's just talk about a dream scenario. I think there are a couple dream coaches out there. Um, There are a couple coaches that you might consider a dream that there's Pretty much a 0% chance, say, a Greg Marshall coming over from Wichita State. It's not a fit. There really, to, It doesn't make any sense. I think the ultimate dream would be Sean Miller from Arizona. Um, and even that, I'd say, is no more than a 5% chance that he actually comes to Pitt. Uh, be, really, the only reason it's 5% is because he's an alumnus of Pitt. The other two dreams that I can think of that you have to call you know, first and see what happens. One, I think, is Chris Mack from Xavier. I don't think he would leave. I think there's a chance, more of a chance. I know someone mentioned Jay Wright leaving Villanova. That's not going to happen. Uh, Chris Mack pr- almost definitely won't leave Xavier, but it's worth a phone call. Uh, and then the third one would be Archie Miller, Sean's younger brother, coached at Dayton. You know that that's not a pro. Xavier is a program where you don't you know you can kind of stay there. You don't really need to go to Pitt. Dayton, though, I think you might need to be in a, in a bigger conference. And so I think of those three, I think all three would be home runs. Uh, Archie Miller seems by far the most likely to me
1: yeah starting uh, first with uh, Sean Miller um, obviously the thing with him is he's kind of a little bit better version of Jamie Dixon he recruits a little bit better he's made the second uh, weekend of the tournament a few more times but he kind of underachieves if you think with all the talent he has to never be in a final four Um, so the only reason why he would come here other than like you know, the whole pit connection, it would be because the Arizona crowd is probably worse than the pit crowd. And they're probably upset. He hasn't been to a final four. And they look at Luke Walton and they're like, dude, let's go get Luke Walton. He just started 30 and oh in the NBA. He's an Arizona grad, uh, send Sean Miller back East. I mean, obviously that's probably like the wild, crazy fan base. Right. But- that, I
0: mean, but at the same time, we've seen that happen in college football with Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. I mean, that seemed like a pipe dream.
1: Yeah, that, that is true. It, it, You know, Michigan fans, they were talking about this for years when he was still even, like, doing well with the Niners, which he never even did bad with the Niners. So they obviously, you know, they just kept working at it. So, But Sean Miller coming to Pitt seems highly unlikely, you know, as much as I would love to see it happen. Uh, Archie, uh, you know, some of the national writers said he's probably going to wait out for a bigger job. They, they think he could wait out, um, you know Ohio State. He's an NC State grad. Uh, Dayton's not the worst job in the world. Of all the mid majors, it's kind of I don't I don't even consider the Atlantic Ten a mid major. I mean it's it's somewhere stuck in between a mid major and a Power Five. It's a decent league, um, and he just got a contract extension last year. Uh, Chris Mack is a guy I really like. I think he's a very bright coach. Obviously, they're upset yesterday, but at the end of the day, I mean he's doing great things at Xavier. Uh, you know, he's a Xavier alum, so it, it, it's tough, but if you dangle a bunch of money at him, Pick and I'll spend Xavier at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially with some of the uh the buyout money that's gonna come from uh, Jamie Dixon and TCU. I, I have to agree with you at Sean Miller and um and Chris Mack. The reason why I think it's somewhat more likely with Archie Miller, obviously there's the the connection with Sean Miller and, and Pittsburgh and all that, but on top of that, I think that um The Dayton is a program that you you might need to uh, sort of step up from. And on top of that, I think all of this depends on recent momentum. I mean, a year ago, this would be unheard of that that Pitt would have just sort of let Dixon go uh, and walk away. Now it happened. Uh, Sean Miller, a year ago, would be pretty unheard of. Or was it two years ago when he had the number one team in the country? unheard of that he would even consider leaving Arizona this year you know a little bit disappointing they got destroyed in the first round uh by Wichita State and and people are you know a little bit disappointed there uh which is why I think there's a a small chance Dayton a couple years ago when they made the run to the Elite Eight he could have had any job and maybe he doesn't consider going to Pitt but the thing is some coaches uh they sort of level off I mean one I, I tweeted yesterday and then uh uh, Josh or Pit Pitcabe uh, on Twitter mentioned um, Josh Pastner from Memphis. That was a guy, really hot name. He had a great record, but the past two years, he's sort of leveled off. And all of a sudden he went from one of the hottest coaching candidates to a guy who might just sort of be stuck at Memphis. And that's, if you're a coach who wants to climb the ranks, that's what you don't want to have happen. You don't want to be the hot candidate, but then you hold off because you're confident in yourself to keep winning and you're going to wait for a better job and then sort of level off. And that's what happened in Memphis with Josh Pastner. And that could happen at Dayton with Archie Miller. I mean, they made the Elite Eight a couple years ago, but this year we saw they were a seven seed. They got trounced by Syracuse in the first round. Uh, I mean, Archie Miller could say, you know what, I'm going to wait another year or two at Dayton and then try to get a really great job. But at the same time, what if next year is another underwhelming year? That that's a gamble that you have to take because you might get stuck at
1: Dayton if you don't, you know, keep really, you know, impressing people. Exactly. And so the, some other people said, you know, the logic behind that is maybe he should take the pit job right away because Pitt can't pay you a lot of money. Obviously, uh, you know, Dixon's one of the more highest uh, compensated coaches in college basketball. So, you know, Pitt has the resources. Um, not, they're not going to spend blindly. They're not going to be Kentucky. They're not going to, you know, just write a check to Archie Miller for endless amounts of money. So uh, but they can also pay him more than Dayton. And so he at least has to listen to it. So if Pitt identifies him, which these all three of these people are, are you and me thinking out loud of who the candidates could can be. Scott Barnes is a well-connected guy. He is, um, you know, he was on the chair of the NCAA tournament committee. He he is well-connected in basketball. He is a former basketball player. He knows more, infinite more people than you and I know, and candidates and people and connections. So the Pitt hire, uh, I think Paul Zeiss said, you know, Pitt doesn't necessarily have to hire a guy from Pittsburgh. And he's right cuz Pittsburgh's not a great basketball area. It's not like there's tons of D1 recruits here and there's not like there's tons of Division 1 coaches uh that are from here, you know. Obviously Sean Miller and Calipari, you know, two of the best, but um overall it's not a great basketball area. So maybe thinking outside the box isn't the worst idea either. So let's think outside the box.
0: I like uh, Jacobson at Northern Iowa. Uh, another one that I like is uh, is Underwood at SFA. Not Frank Underwood. That, of course, would be ideal. <laughs> uh, but uh, Brad Underwood from Stephen F. Austin. I think he would be a good coach. Again, doesn't have the regional tie, but it's something to consider. Uh, one more that I think this, this would be maybe a stretch. This would be if, if maybe a couple coaches turn you down, but I think could be an interesting pick, would be Russell Turner from UC Irvine. I mean, that's a program... That, I mean, that, that's sort of a low major, but he's been pretty darn impressive the past few years at UC Irvine. Uh, I, I think it could be uh, an interesting match. He's from the East Coast. Uh, I think it could be pretty interesting if he decided if maybe a couple guys say no, uh, and you want to look there, the other two coaches that I'm thinking that might be more realistic. They might not be the first choice, but they might not be the last that I think would just be plain old good hires. The first one that I'm thinking of is Kevin Willard. Now I know some people that were at Pitt for Ralph Willard, uh, might shudder at hearing the name. I wasn't, as I said, I just became a fan of 2010 or 2011 when I, when I got into Pit. but, uh, you know, so so I only know Dixon, but Kevin Willett, a graduate of the University of Pittsburgh, coached Seton Hall uh, right now and had a really good season this past year. I mean, he wasn't that good uh, before this season. Uh, 2011, 2012, he had a pretty good year. He's been there since 2010. But this year's really good. I mean, it's kind of a gamble because he's just had one really good season. Um, but, you know, it's definitely something to, to look around. You've got the the advantage of him being from Pitt. Uh, you've got the advantage of him being a head coach at a, at a good – pro, you know, a solid program. Um, and uh, and I think it's definitely something to consider. I think Kevin Willer could be a good hire. The other one's Ed Cooley at Providence. I mean, that's a guy – The past three years, 23 wins, 22 wins, 24 wins, uh, and, uh, 10, 10 wins in the conference each season. You know, I, I, think it's, it wouldn't be the best hire, but I think it'd be a good hire. Uh, and he's a guy, you know, from he's, he's from Rhode Island. And, and so it would be, he didn't go to Rhode Island, but he's from there. So that might be a little tough, but still the general region is about the same. Uh, and, and I think picking from the big East, um, in that pool of the teams that aren't amazing, say uh, say like a Jay Wright or a Chris Mack from Nova or Xavier, but teams that are good and up and coming like Seton Hall and Providence, that might be a place to look uh, because it, it wouldn't be impossible to get
1: one of them. Yeah, you look at Willard and you look at Chris Cooley and you look at their two best players. Uh, Isaiah Whitehead at Seton Hall—he's a five-star player. He picked Seton Hall over a lot of people. So Kevin Willard was able to sell this kid on staying home. Uh, you know, being a big-time player for Seton Hall. Can he do that at Pitt? Maybe. I mean, he has connections now. There's a lot of good talent in New York and New Jersey. And uh, you know, going back to the 2002 uh, through about 2008 era, this this team, this program was built on New York City. And I think a lot of fans would welcome uh, you know, having some tough New York City guards again, some athletic. Forwards from New Jersey, that kind of thing. So, in that sense, he's attractive. I like Ed Cooley. Um, you know, he, he is from Rhode Island. So, at the end of the day, that that that's going to be tough to pry him away. He's not a Providence grad, though. So, and again, he's also one that has a five-star guard that he was able to sell before they really had success. So, he was able to, uh you know, both of those coaches were able to bring in big-time talents. Uh, before they really have big time success. So and that's a great trait in a coach, I think, that you're able to sell sell a brand, sell a vision before it's even there. Right. Because in many ways
0: Dixon it was sort of the inverse. He he had this 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 program that you could point to and yet he just couldn't sell it. Whereas these other guys, they don't really have anything yet and they could still sell it. Uh and, and as you said, yeah, Whitehead and also Kevin Willard at Seton Hall, he got uh Gibbs. I think both uh Get both of Ashton's brothers, Sterling, and uh, who then transferred to UConn, uh, and then I think Temple is, is going to go there. So, um, I mean, he was able to get them win out recruiting battles over Jamie Dixon and Pitt. That's impressive. Um, you know, guys like Kool-Aid. Look, I, you know, there there are a lot of possibilities out there. A friend of my a friend of mine on Twitter, uh, tweeted about the Dixon news and all that. Part of me is dead inside. Part of me is excited for the future, and I think that sums it up almost perfectly for me. Part of me is really upset that uh, that Dixon is leaving because I loved him as an ambassador for the university, and I thought he was—you know—I I really liked him, um, and I thought he was a good coach. I think he still is a good coach, uh, but at the same time, I think that there's a a decent chance that things weren't going to get much better. Um, that Pitt wasn't really gonna—you know—maybe a miracle run to the Sweet Sixteen, but for the most part, you're just going to be a, a solid team in the ACC. And now you have at least a chance to do better than that. And uh, and with the the administration, with Scott Barnes, with Chancellor Gallagher, they could really make a good hire. And, and that part of me and the part that we've been talking about with some coaching possibilities, that part of me is excited. Yeah, there, there's definitely uh,
1: kind of that fear of, oh, oh, crap, this could go horribly wrong. It's Pitt, after all. But there's also that, you know, these guys know what they're doing. N- Narduzzi ended up being a great hire from what we can tell so far. It's only been a year, so I can't really anoint him as – the greatest hire in the world, but he's exciting. He he made things exciting. So I think, um, I think part of this fan base needs excitement. Their, their, their consistency wasn't enough. They need something more. They, uh, they want to sell more tickets. People were saying, Oh, I'm not going to renew my season tickets because of Dixon's going to be back. Um, so they pretty much, you know, how I thought of it. I'm like, you're, you're turning your back on your school's best coach and, you know, a team that's bringing back six of your top seven best players. So it, it kind of felt, Like, come on, man. Like, you know, if you're a basketball fan, which I don't think a great deal of Pitt fans are true basketball fans. They're fans of the Pitt basketball team. But at the end of the day, I don't think they watch much beyond what Pitt does. Nothing wrong with that. It's not a knock. I'm a basketball freak. It is what I am. But um, so at the end of the day, it's like you said, it's exciting. And I think for a lot of Pitt fans, they need excitement. They want excitement. And so that's why I like, I will echo again, this cry, this hire is critical. It is critical. They need to get it right because Pitt can definitely fall back into the doldrums of the 1990s very easily. Uh, the ACC is very competitive. Virginia tech is up and coming. Miami has been there. Florida state recruits like crazy. I mean, there's, Pitt doesn't have a solid place in this league yet They where they could easily fall to that bottom four. Um, they could be Wake Forest, who, you know, fired Dino Gaudio for going to the tournament. Exactly, you know, kind of the same sort of deal. So it's exciting because uh, you, you you dream, you're like, okay, maybe Sean Miller. But then you're like, uh, it, could, it could be Ralph Willard.
0: Well, yeah, that that's definitely, par- bring back uh, Ben Howland. He's uh, looking for a job, I think. But yeah, I mean, I, I totally know what you mean. On, on one hand, you could get a great coach. On the other hand, things could go poorly. And then there's the middle. Uh, the middle is you. You hire a solid guy like a Kevin Willard, like an Ed Cooley, like uh, I'm blanking on the name already, but the the coach of UCR Vine or one of those, uh, and or the coach of Stephen F. Austin and Northern, and they do a, a good job. Um, and it just sort of ends up being where Dixon pretty much was. Um, where you know you'll you'll be in right around the middle. You know the upper half of the ACC. You'll make the tournament most years uh you you maybe win a game or, or sometimes two and, and never challenge a ton look that that very well might be the case, unless you get maybe a Sean Miller, an Archie Miller, or a Chris Mack, it might be the case where you just sort of end up in the exact same place where you are right now, the difference is that instead of Dixon having it be Dixon who would be on the decline, you'd have another guy and it's still sort of exciting, so so before we finish this up, Jim, if that were to happen, let's say that the ideal thing doesn't happen, you don't get Sean Miller, you don't win a national championship, but at the same time you make a solid hire uh, and he pretty much gets pit to where they are now with Dixon winning twenty games a year winning nine or ten in the ACC uh, making the tournament most years is that good for you is is that ultimately what you want I mean would you be happy I know we all want a final four or a championship but would you be happy if we just sort of end up in the same place but with a different coach
1: I'm have I'm at a loss for words but yeah I, I guess I mean um it, it, you know we're gonna. You know some people are gonna get their wish. They wanted Dixon gone, and now they they got it. So now they're gonna see what happens. Um, you know, hopefully it turns out great, like you said, where, you know, Pitts in the top four of the ACC, they're going to Sweet Sixteens and Elite Eights consistently, or you know they might just get back to the tournament. Um, just kind of be that twenty-two and ten team. Uh, be an eight and nine seed and just kind of live there. I mean that that might be where this program is. It's hard to say, but that might just be the ceiling of this program where are always going to be you know a seven eight or nine or ten seed with you know maybe on the fourth year they'll be a one two or three or four seed you know that they might you know it it, it's never going to be where Pitt's going to be kansas it's not going to be north carolina or duke they might have runs like virginia's on a stretch right now that's gonna that's gonna go back for them they're not going to be a consistent top 10 team forever they're they're gonna kind of average back out to what their program is and um so the hope is that you 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 kind of get to where Dixon was from O three to eleven, where you're always good. You have a chance. Uh, they had two number one seeds. That's about right. Every ten years, if you're a, a one or two seed, every ten years, that's pretty good.
0: Okay, so so basically, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean that because I I think. Something like that uh, is probably the most likely thing. I, do I think a guy's going to do better than Jamie Dixon did at that time period? I, I don't. I don't think you're going to find someone who did better than that. I think, honestly, the goal is to try to find someone who's going to do at least as well, if not maybe a little bit better than Dixon, what, you know, what he's been doing the past few years. Uh, I think if you can find a guy who's going to make the tournament most years, who's going to get a, a win or two every couple years— um, that's really all you can ask for. And if every now and again, you can get to that point where they can make a, a really nice run or, you know, e- either in conference play or, or, or in the tournament as Dixon did in that time period, as you said, then great. But really, it seems like all this hoopla, all, you know, pit fans wanting him to go getting really frustrated. Uh, it's probably all just going to be for about what, we had before, it, you know. Probably all this. Oh, we need to bring in a new guy and just let him leave. Things like that. And and again, I, you know, I respect Barnes and Gallagher not begging him to stay. I, I respect that because they didn't make a move. From you know, we talked about I mentioned the Frank Underwood before. One of the big things if you watch House of Cards is you don't make a move uh, when you're weak. You know, from weakness, you, you don't make it, that move from a weak point of view. You have to do it from a place of strength. You don't beg a guy to stay who you would consider firing in a year from now. So I respect that that happened. But at the same time, it's not lost on me that all of everything that's happening could in even a a realistic and positive, this wouldn't even be a down, a bad thing or a downturn in a realistic and positive way could just end up, you know, could put Pitt where they were and have been. It, it, It could just, bring it all back to to where it was for, you know, the past 10 years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, things can level off. I think one thing that people are going to look for in this next hire and I, like I, I'm going to, you know, kind of go back on what I said about excitement. Um, you know, people always say about Jamie Dixon's style and like how it's not a winning style. I mean, you know, I don't understand Wisconsin beat us and they play a more boring style of basketball than Pitt ever does. Um, so, but people want to see high flying scoring, uh, you know, you know, just more excitement on the court. I mean, I, I think Pitt plays a better brand of basketball than people realize offensively. They're not as, they're not a ground, grinded out power defensive team like people think they are, but that's the perception. That's the notion. ESPN's going to keep telling people that, uh, you know, Pitt's Pitt under Jamie Dixon's had efficient offenses. They've had good players. Uh, they've been able to score, Um and their defenses have always been a little bit overrated. They've been better than this year. But so I, I think in this next hire, people are going to want to see maybe a, a, something different. Uh, you know, maybe a team that's kind of a five wide or kind of like, you know, like a free flowing kind of offense, an Iowa State Fred Hoyberg kind of offense where it's exciting. You're scoring 80 points. You're kind of doing the ACC style of basketball. So I think that's one thing where, um, you know, if maybe Pitt is in that seven or eight range in the tournament every year but they have the kind of players and talent that can steal some upsets where they have the kind of offensive players like a Kemba Walker, even though, you know, Yukon was like a nine seed, but they had him. That, that, I think that's what people are going to want. If they're going to, if they're going to level off and kind of be this, you know, so, so okay program, but at least have some players that, you know, you can spring some upsets every now and again. Exactly. And
0: I think one thing, you know, you mentioned a Kevin Willard and Ed Cooley. Uh, the one thing that they've got, they've got these star players and a good friend of mine, one thing that he's been, you know, preaching to me consistently ever since we both got to Pitt was the, the thing that's stopping Pitt from really making that Final Four run is a superstar player. Because you talk about Syracuse being this great program and, you know, they make the Sweet 16 just as Pitt did for a while. Uh, but the the one time that they won that national championship, Carmelo Anthony. And until Pitt, he always said until Pitt got a guy like that, a guy who could lead you, a guy like Whitehead, like Chris Dunn, uh, it's not going to, you know, Pitt, Pitt wouldn't be able to make it that far. And it looked like Jamie Dixon wasn't going to be able to land that guy. So that might just be something that you, you sort of need uh, when, when you're talking about a new guy, that, that level of energy and whatever that guy brings. Uh, you, you might just want someone who can get that star player and go from there because that's the one thing that Pitt hasn't had.
1: Absolutely. I, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, especially our fan base, they kind of obsess with recruiting because we, we follow pit football recruiting so much and we kind of live and breathe with it, yeah, especially since Narduzzi has taken over. Like I said, Narduzzi's success has put pressure on the basketball program. So they look at pit basketball recruiting. In the past couple of years, it has been substandard. But even this year's class, it's not that bad. Kiffcart, Manigault, Clark, good players, solid players, Dixon has won with. But if they had a five-star coming in, like the Mustafa Heron, the Maverick Rowan, uh Sheck Dio what was some of those guys A pit was close to landing or all, did land for some time. I think people would feel a little bit different, but they, they just kind of look at these three-star recruits and, you know, we have a fan base that loves recruiting. It kind of, it kind of wore on them. They're like, we're, we're never, you know, you look at him, he's not going to be the guy that does it, but he might be. I mean, Pitts one with a lot of guys that are, you know, of that caliber. So Jamel Artis, exactly. Jamel Artis is a fantastic player inconsistent, but he's just an average three star with okay offers, but he's averaging 15 points in the ACC. That's nothing to scoff at, but um, I think people would like to see a five star every once in a while.
0: So, uh, so we are going to wrap this up. This is something we wanted to do. You know, we went live almost the the second that it hit, uh, we're going to edit this, put it up on the website. Um, but yeah, I, I think the overall recap for this for this entire thing, uh, you know, I think both of us sort of agree. We don't feel great about it. We don't feel horrible. Uh, we wish Jamie Dixon all the best of luck, and nine at least ninety percent of how anyone could possibly judge this is going to be on who Pitt hires as the replacement. Am I pretty much uh,
1: correct in the assessment of what we've been talking about for the last almost hour? Yeah, you, you you are correct. It, it's. This coaching hire and this search is going to be wild, and we'll we'll try to you know we don't know how long the process is going to be, but we'll try to do a podcast maybe every couple of days just to keep you know if we hear something and something kind of big starts to break we'll we'll hop on the mic and we'll we'll do like a quick half hour podcast if we need to anything like that we're going to try to stay up to date, and obviously the website's going to be up to date.
0: Yeah, the website has been uh, fantastic. There, the the, the home is full of Jamie Dixon already, uh, and uh, and uh, and we're happy that we were able to get this podcast in. So uh, we want to thank everyone uh, for for listening to this and for checking out Cardiac Hill. This is going to be an exciting time for Pitt basketball. It's a coaching search. We haven't had one of that. We've had plenty for Pitt football. Haven't had one in a while for Pitt basketball, and it is monumental because in a move that can't wile, you know widely be regarded as that good or that bad, it's all pretty much. going going to come down to the replacement, and so this is going to be a monumental... Uh, coaching search. But again, thank you for everyone uh, for tuning in. Thanks to Jim uh, for being able to, to hop on the mic with me just as this uh, news broke. Uh, I'll edit this. We'll, we'll put it up uh, any second now. And uh, enjoy it, Pit fans. We've got a coaching search and, uh, and it, it should be a good time. So again, thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, let us know what you think on Twitter or uh, on Cardiac Hill, what you think about the podcast, what you think about our thoughts, what you think about coaching possibilities, about Dixon. The whole thing... It's going to be an exciting time. Thanks so much for Jim Hammett. I'm Corey Cohen. The Jamie Dixon era is no more.